to Nerds of the Round Table, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. Nah, I'm Sammy. <laughs> I'm really excited for this one, guys. Okay, <laughs> preview it for us. What are we doing? All right. Well, we are looking at the 1982 um, action flick starring Sylvester Stallone and um, Brian Dennehy, uh, Rambo, First Blood, or... First Blood, just cold stuff. First Blood. Uh, <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, you know, one of. Uh, I think it was the only Stallone movie after uh, Rocky that didn't bomb, um, and it started another franchise for him. Really became um, kind of a parody of what it started out to be. But this movie is, it's its own thing. It's completely different from what you see in the subsequent Rambo movies. And uh, it deals with a lot of stuff for an eighties action movie. But before we get into all that, I think we need to get into some stuff we've been getting into with keeping it 100. It's time to keep it 100. 100. 100. 100. All right. Well, I'm leading this one off. So, uh, guys, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. The world is starting to open back up. The days are getting longer. The rain's coming down, watering those flowers that are going to bloom one day soon. And I just bought some tickets to my first live music show. So this is going to be my keeping it 100. If you live in an area, things are starting to open back up and you have a local, especially local live music. Even national acts are starting to come back around, which is great. Buy tickets, support these guys, get out there and enjoy. That's my keeping 100. All right. All right. You know, I know um, Jim Padrillo has been on our show, has really been doing a lot in our area to try to keep live music going. Yeah. And I know I know he's really wanting to get back to some of the uh, open mic nights and, and stuff like that that he had been kind of, kind of putting together and, and getting him and a number of people. Um, so it's, hopefully we can get back to that because that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, a couple of venues is however limited it's going to be. You know, a couple of venues around here are starting to open back up. So hopefully we'll start seeing more and more of that as uh, the year moves along. Definitely. All right. So I guess I'm next. Let's start our timer. You know, as a child of the 80s, you know, it's not rare to see properties that you grew up with come back around a second and even a third time now. Right. We're getting to that age. And that's exactly where my Keep It at 100 goes this week. Punky Brewster uh, is back on Peacock for a 10-episode first season. And Soleil Moon Fry is back as Punky. Um, Freddie Prinze Jr. is on there as her ex-husband. So it's just this great tandem of, of two actors. If you were a fan of the original show, there are so many little nods. Um at first watch, I'm going to be really honest, it was a little Disney channel, but Rise is a little bit of punky power. So Punky Brewster is my keeping at 100 for this week. 
awesome. I have, I have vague memories of Punky Brewster. I was, I'm a little bit younger than you guys, and that one, I barely caught that one. Oh, she was amazing as a young man. <laughs> being being about the same age. Yeah. Right, here we go. Here's mine. Uh, this week, I am pitching Tenet. Uh, I finally got around to watching it. Um, I'd heard uh, so much you know, hate thrown toward this movie, a lot of mixed messages. Um, a lot of, honestly, a lot of bad press. Um, and not just because it didn't make any money because uh, <laughs> they put it out <laughs> during the middle of the pandemic. Um, but I had a great time with it. And um, I thought the sci-fi elements in this movie were, were really interesting and thought-provoking. Now, maybe all the dots don't connect. There's <laughs> a couple of things I'm still scratching my head about, but I've only watched it once. Uh, but it is, it is thought-provoking. And I mean, really sort of like, you know, got me thinking. Um, the special effects and the action sequences are worth the price of admission. They're worth your two and a half hours. To, and it is two and a half hours. It's an old movie. Um, the acting performances were really incredibly strong. Um, I think it was John David Washington. He played the protagonist. He was really good. Uh, Robert Pattinson um, was awesome. I was really surprised. I mean, I'd, I'd never... I mean, I, I know him as the sparkly vampire guy. He was great. Um, there are flaws, and it still has that detached sort of Nolan vibe that I love, but not everybody does. Um, the action has moments of incomprehensibility. Um, some of the science is a little dodgy, but the movie is so good. Um, I don't agree with all the hate this movie got. I think it's a worthy addition to the Nolan canon. Tenet is my keeping it 100. Hmm. So two and a half hours. That, that's a little short for a Nolan movie then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. He, he, you know, he restrained himself. <laughs> Yeah, you restrained yourself about what fifteen twenty minutes there, and there's only one <laughs> ending this time. Well, that's uh, what gets me. Yeah, his movies, oh my lord, they they kill me with the ending sometimes. But uh, I do enjoy a good Nolan flick. So I had been kind of dodging this one because of all the hate, and I just I don't know. Maybe it'll it'll make its way to the watch list. Yeah, it got a, it got a lot of uh, bad press. And I, and I mean, some of it I get. I mean, just the, the sci-fi dynamics of how like the action scenes work. I, I get how some of that not everybody would love. Um, I don't know. I, I dug it a lot. Um, I don't think it's not Mount Rushmore Nolan for me, um, but it's, it's a worthy addition. Okay. We'll definitely have to look at that. All righty. Well, now... It might um, be on my draft board. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. Okay, well, let's get into our opening thoughts and grades for this 80s action classic, First Blood. All right, Sam, you're first out of the gate. All right, so I guess I'm leading off. You know, if you asked me what I remembered about First Blood, it probably would have been in these series of small scenes and a survival knife, because I was a kid and that always stuck out was that survival knife, right? Um, I really, really wanted one of those, but the type of kid I was, there's no way my parents were going to ever let that happen. Um, but I was really surprised by this viewing. Uh, there's a lot more to this version of Rambo than I remembered. Uh, and maybe that's the advantage of an adult perspective. Um the movie was released in 82, but it has almost a 70s feel in a lot of ways. 
you know, when you think of Stallone, you think of that elite 80s group of stars, right? Arnold and Chuck Norris. But I think this movie in its style, its execution fits better with Easy Rider and the French connection. It's got more to it. Um, the sequels, as Dwayne kind of mentioned, definitely veer from this then from this first movie. Uh, so it made it unique. So I'm giving it a B plus, though. All right. Um, well, Sammy just read my notes. It's a more eloquent, so I'm glad he went before me. Um, <laughs> I did think it was more like a 70s movie. Now, there's like this. You can see the seeds of the 80s, what the 80s action movies become in this yeah. movie. Like, they're all there. Um, but this feels more like um, a 70s movie. It's, it's more of that interesting, introspective, reflective feel. Um, it's got, you know, some more <laughs> actual human interaction and emotion. Let me get it. <laughs> the big dumb 80s action movies. I think this is a, this is a smarter movie than, than it's remembered as. Uh, I think I think Rainbow 2 and 3 and all the others you know, get stuck in our head. And that's what we remember. Mm. Um, this is a better movie than that. And I, I'm with you. I, I remembered most everything I remember happened in the woods. I forgot he went back to the town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a very good movie. And it's a shame what happened to the rest of the franchise. Because it's, I mean, it's like a multiverse. It's like a completely different thing. Oh, it's yeah. like a cartoon character took over that guy's body. Um, this is a good movie, though. I think I'm giving it going A-. Uh, highly recommend it. Okay. Well, Jamie, you uh, took my grade. Uh, A- is where I'm landing with this thing. It was much better than I remembered. And I think just like we had talked in the past, sometimes you can conflate things that you've seen. So I was conflating a lot of the craziness with Rambo two and three with this movie, but this movie has really a a really strong skeleton. It has a really strong foundation. I've done a little bit of digging uh, before I get into some of my notes. Uh, Apparently uh, you talking about the seventies feel that this thing has. Apparently he had been shopping this thing for quite a few years, uh, possibly even as long as Rocky um, you know, and Stallone had written both this and Rocky. Uh, it had uh, been bandied about from actors uh, as diverse as Chuck Norris to James Garner playing the role of Rambo. Now, now, could you see James Garner being Rambo? <laughs> this guy, you know, and 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 also, how different would the movie have been with a Chuck Norris? Mm-hmm. In in the in the John Rambo role, but uh, you know my notes uh, basically just says you know, eighties action at its best, probably the definitive eighties action movie because this establishes so many of the tropes. You know the one man army, you know he's un, almost untouchable. You know by the by the townsfolk and you know it just establishes so much of that. And then it became like a parody of itself, which was really, really sad. But this is really, really a good movie. So I'm A minus all the way. We know when you when you think about it, like like you said, I mean, this was '82, so I would have been about seven years old. So I, I was probably when I first was introduced to Rambo, it was probably part two, part three. It might have been the action figures or the animated series or, you know, yep. all the different things that they spun off of this character. Um, you know, like, like Jamie said, I remember this lot of stuff in the woods and I remember the survival knife. You know, those were key things. 
So I, I think we do conflate a lot of that. So I agree completely. I had forgotten there was an animated series. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I vague. I just remember the animated series being a thing. I don't remember anything about it. I do. I do remember. I had a couple of the action figures. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I did. I, I, I did have a a knockoff survival knife that the bolt in the handle kept coming loose and it couldn't keep the, keep the blade straight all the time. But <laughs> I did, I did have a little knockoff survival knife that, uh, that I carried around for probably too much of at least one summer. <laughs> yeah. The animated series, two seasons, Rambo, the force of freedom. <laughs> I have vague memories of it being extremely goofy. <laughs> Right, well, I know he was down in that mine for quite a long time. I really hope there were some, uh, you know, circ- some uh, air fans are bringing some fresh air in there to him. But from the looks of those rats when they attacked him, they were pretty gnarly. So I highly doubt that there was. So let's go ahead and see if we can find any fans in our fan section. <laughs> So here we go. All right, Jamie, you're leading us out the gate. Uh, mine was easy. Uh, it's it's Stallone's performance. Um, for me, it's the thing that stood out the most for the entire movie. Um, and at this point in his career, Stone was already a huge movie star. Uh, three Rocky movies had already come out by this point. Um, so it's impressive he's even willing to accept a role like this, let alone write it <laughs> and like you know and you know pursue it so hard. Um, think about how beat up he gets. Uh, that's not what happens in 80s action movies. I mean, and, I mean, this this kind of movie, you want to be the superhuman guy. You don't never get to, you know, scratch, whatever. I mean, he's roughed up this whole movie. Even let's get, like, I already mentioned the rats. <laughs> he's a huge movie star. He doesn't have to have a scene where he gets mauled by rats. Um, <laughs> and think about all the vulnerable moments. The the, the confusion wherever the PS, PTSD hits. The, um, the flashbacks. And especially the last scene where he opens up to Troutman. Um, Movie stars don't don't like, to, especially in the '80s, big big swole dudes like Stallone. They don't like having those vulnerable moments, and it's a reminder that Stallone, at this point in his career, wasn't just a movie star. Um, he was actually an actor. He wasn't just an action guy. He was a guy who could really act, and I think that's been forgotten. We just think of him as a guy who took a lot of steroids. He probably still takes a lot of steroids, um, and is just in action movies. He's just a guy who swaggers around and says one-liners. Early in his career, he was an actor with a capital A. You go back and watch Rocky, watch this movie. This, this guy could act. And it's forgotten, and it's a, it's a shame. Um, so Stallone's performance really knocked my socks off. So I wanted to highlight that as my fan. Not my fan, my fan. Whatever. The section we're in. Pretend I said the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jamie, you are, you're definitely not wrong there. And, you know, my fan really is that performance uh, of Stallone bringing you know, a heart and a purpose and, uh, you know, attention to the PTSD, attention to what these guys went through, uh, you know, not only in Vietnam, but really in all wartime, you know, these guys experience and see horrible things. And, uh, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he talks about, 
you know, who, who he's going to see his friend. And, you know, the, the lady says, you know, you know, cancer took him, you know, and he said, you know, no, man, he was this big, huge, awesome guy. He was great. You know, she's like, you know, at the end, you know, I could lift on him, lift him on the bed sheets myself. Mm-hmm. And, and it just shows what these guys go through. You know, I have, I have a dear friend I work with his, his dad, you know, had, had fallen to the agent orange also, you know, being exposed. To and it's just a horrible thing that these guys experienced and to see even years later, you know, their, their lives wasting away, not being able to fit in society, you know, struggling with relationships because no one can understand what they, what the person they are now from what they've been through. But, you know, Stallone, like you said, you know, this action movie is really, a, you know, a PTSD awareness video disguised as an action movie much like rocky you know is a character story of of a struggling guy trying to make something of himself disguised as a boxing movie you know Mm -hmm. and uh it's really masterfully done so that's my fan awesome you know what i love about this is i think all three of us even though i know that there's a little bit of age gap that we joke about and stuff like that you know we all picked up though on the idea of what we thought Rambo was and watching this movie again, how it changes who you think Rambo is. Mm-hmm. And to me that comes down to the story and that's my biggest fan. I love how compelling this story is. It makes Rambo more than an action star. He's a sympathetic character and, and he's somebody that, that your heart goes out to. And, and I think that, that, more than just him as a character, I think he is a stand-in for so many veterans. Um, you know, especially with Vietnam, you know, what those, you know, the men and women coming back dealt with and had to deal with. And even just trying to to come back to, to regular life after serving. You know, no matter what war you're talking about, that's got to be difficult. So I just this movie just it really impacted me this time around more so than I think it ever has, you know. And like I said, maybe it's I, I see things with different eyes now. But uh, yeah, that's my my fan. There you go, Jamie. I did it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I mean you're exactly right. I mean, as when we were younger and watching this, I mean it was just cool action. I mean he's doing yeah. interesting MacGyver type stuff in the woods. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and he's this one man against a whole bunch of stuff, and he's a hero, and it's great. And we don't understand what's happening. We yeah. don't understand what's happening with the PTSD stuff. We don't have we don't, we have no comprehension of what's happening inside that police station at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, but as adults now looking back and um, who've you know experienced a lot more of life, I mean, it's easy to see and, and to, to more empathize with mm-hmm. with a, with a character like that. Very Even though I don't so. think you know, none of us served anything like that, but I mean. But and it's also we're, we're we're far enough removed from the Vietnam War itself that we've got probably different perspective on it than all people had at the time, and mm-hmm. and we've had enough time to to just as a as a country as a culture regret how the, the Vietnam vets were treated, and so I think that adds a little bit more sympathy for characters like Rambo. I agree. Yeah, entirely, entirely. Well, on a different note, you know there was a lot of great survival sections in this movie you know he's making in the woods he's camping out he's he's got the fire going i bet he wish he had some pans to cook with over that fire 
So let's go grab our pans for our pan section. Alrighty, now we're back with the pan section and I'm leading off. I really don't have a problem with this movie. I know the writing's not perfect, but I mean, you're in the woods with a knife cutting people down. I'm okay with that. You're making booby traps. I'm cool, you know. I know the acting, uh, some of the actors really struggle, but hey, it's an 80s action movie. These guys aren't bringing home Oscars. So, Sam, what do you got for the pan? <laughs> okay. Here's the one thing that really stuck out to me that I'm wondering about. Brian Dennehy's character makes numerous comments that this is just a small town. Hope, Washington, right? This little town and, you know, on, on the coast, you know, the, all that stuff. But the entire police force has military-grade M16s, okay? <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, I'm tempted to ask some of the local constabulary what they've got on hand, you know, because <laughs> that's, that's a whole lot of equipment, for this small little town. I mean, like I said, I just, that's my biggest thing. I just kept going, really? I could see pistols, shotguns. Yeah, I, I could see those things. M16? <laughs> sure. And every deputy's got one. <laughs> Why not? Come on. <laughs> Well, I've got two, and since Dwayne didn't have one, I'm going to say one of them really quick. Uh, I'm going to cheat. Uh, so, Dwayne, here, here's your pro bono one. Go, go ahead. I'll, I'll yeah, sub that in for me. Okay. Uh, part of what was supposed to be driving this movie was that uh, the sheriff, Teasel, was a Korean war veteran, and there was supposed mm -hmm. to be a culture clash between the Korean vets and the Vietnam vets. And that all got cut out of the movie. And I think that would have added another little layer um, that would have helped you know, sort of explain the relationship. Teasel's how weird he is toward Rainbow. Mm -hmm. And I think it would have been an interesting, another little wrinkle in, in Rainbow's story. They didn't, they didn't go that direction. I think it would have been interesting. Um, my biggest pan was, Dwayne already alluded to it in his non-pan section, with only three exceptions, which are Stone, uh, Stallone, Dennehy, and Caruso, the acting in this movie is distractingly bad. I give I give Krenna a pass because he was pinch hitting. He showed up after filming had started. Somebody else quit. Um, so he gets a complete pass. Everybody else is so... The National Guardsmen are atrocious. They're awful, yeah. <laughs> they were horrible. Every other deputy that wasn't David Crusoe, I can't believe David Crusoe was one of the good actors. That's know, how bad right? these people are. <laughs> <laughs> if you had told me that most of the cast were locals who were just like trying to give some local feel and they weren't really professional actors, I'd have believed it. But they were, I was pulled out of whole scenes just because of how bad some of these actors were. Yeah, it I was, was expecting to them to say, yeah, we hired the Lumberjacks uh, so that they could, <laughs> you know, have just have some work while we were filming. Yeah. <laughs> National Guards from a local family reunion or something. Right. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was pretty tough. Well, gentlemen, uh, I'm sure uh, we can find some things to brag on this movie about. So let's uh, go ahead and get some of these awards out. 
Graphically Novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers Fugit discuss classic and not-so-classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel. Three brothers who like each other but love comics. All right, so I guess I'm going to start out with best performance. And, you know, I've talked before when it comes to best performance. You know, I fall back on that reaction to a character. If somebody makes me feel strongly, either for better or worse, they deserve a nod. So I think Brian Dennehy, as Sheriff Will Teasel, gets my best performance in this. He plays a jerk so well, right? And he plays it so well, if I was going to remake this movie, I would cast Josh Lucas in the role. That's how well <laughs> did he plays a jerk. Okay? <laughs> so, best performance definitely for me went to Brian Dennehy. So. Well, let me jump in next because I agree with you. And for a lot of the same reasons, I hadn't thought of the Josh Lucas joke, but <laughs> my hat's off. Um, I've already highlighted Stallone, so I wanted, to, I wanted to go a different direction on base performance. And then he's the right answer. I hate this guy. From the second his smug face turns towards Stallone in that car, man. After they're talking to the car, he gets him in. He's like, you know, starts giving his whole spiel about uh, how he, he's got to keep this town a certain way, blah, blah, blah. I hate him. I just, I hate him. Can we do a short version of this movie? You just take him out in the car right now. <laughs> but I'm supposed to. I mean, and then he nails it. He nails that, you know, I'm the, you know, the little king on a little hill kind of jazz. Perfect. And, and I think especially the bar scene when he's talking to Trout, there's that little moment where there's a little bit of reflection, a little bit of regret, a little bit of, you know, lack of confidence. Maybe he didn't do the right thing. As soon as Rambo's alive again, snaps right back into jerk mode. <laughs> <laughs> All the regrets gone. Going to kill that little guy. Uh, then he... Master level class on on how to be a jerk in a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're definitely not wrong. Has he ever been a good guy in a movie? I don't I don't remember him ever being a good guy in a movie. Did he? <laughs> and he's always been one of those jerk characters to me. Here's a here's a, here's a deep cut. Man from Snowy River Part Two. He's semi likable. <laughs> 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 well. He did. He did a great uh, performance in that in this movie that that I really didn't like him so much that I couldn't even give the best performance award to. So, <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I didn't like him so much I couldn't even. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I, he did really good, but I kind of just can't stand just the thought of giving him an award. I didn't like him so much in this movie. So I'm going with Sylvester Stallone as Rambo. I thought that, you know, as as a performance, uh, you know, he he had the physical stuff down. Of course, you know, he had the physical stuff down. But even you know, when the acting chops come down to the emotion, he really shows the 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 hurt and the confusion and the pain. You know, that uh, is just just a, a a guy. You know, he's just a guy you know, going through some stuff. So I'm going Sylvester Stallone uh, for best performance there. Yeah. And I, and I agree with you. I just already did my my fan section, so yeah. <laughs> I'm just swerving. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, our next award is best scene, and I have the pictures going first there. So I'm just going to be Captain Obvious. Um, it's the final scene in the police station, mm-hmm. um, and I, I love that Stallone's performance there is it's so raw and vulnerable, and believable. Um, he doesn't come off as like as you know a movie emotion. He's not. It doesn't feel like he's performing there. It feels real. 
um, like a man who really has come to the end of himself. Um, so he's not, he's, he's ugly crying, you know, he's not being very articulate. Um, his, the way he, he's telling his story to Troutman, he's, it feels a little random. Uh, it makes it feel really authentic. And just, I think it's Krenna's best, best scene in the movie. Because uh, Kirk Douglas quit <laughs> the day before filming started. And he was supposed to be Troutman. And so Krenna just shows up. And I think early in the movie, um, I think it took him a few scenes for Krenna to really get Troutman. I mean, there's a couple of those where he's kind of like getting the Kyle MacLachlan overacting award. Um, but by the time they're in the police station, um, he's, got, he's got the feel of, of, of uh, Troutman there. Yeah. And it, and it all just works really well there. And it's just a, a really powerful moment. And I think it really encapsulates a lot of what um, the Vietnam vets had to deal with and, and how they felt coming back. So it's just, it's just a really powerful scene. Yeah. You're definitely not wrong. That's a great scene. I kind of jokingly wrote down for the best scene, you know, like anytime the survival knife is out <laughs> is, is, is the best scene. I mean, you know, I know Sammy alluded to earlier, you know, he, uh, what kid that had watched this movie didn't want a survival knife, you know, and how cool was all that stuff there. But uh, I really, uh, I really had a lot of fun with the chase just as, as far as a happy, you know, I don't, well, I don't guess it was too happy, but just like a good time in an action movie. But when uh, Rambo was on the motorcycle getting out of town and, uh, you know, Teagle's destroying the cruiser going after him on the four wheeler roads, you know, the logging roads in the hills. Uh, that was just a ton of fun. That chase scene where he, uh, you know, finds himself in the mine, uh, you know, the ends kind of there. I thought that was a really fun scene. Really awesome. Nice. It, 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 it was, that was a fun scene, you know, just, just, uh, the, the whole motorcycle deal, the whole chase, you know, I think I thought was good. Even from the moment that, you know, Rambo's escaping, you know, from the, the precinct and, and all that. There's a tension to that scene, that, that whole series in there, I think. Um, I think for mine, though, I, I'm going to kind of go back with what Jamie had said, because that's the one that really stood out to me. Uh, just the, the grief that you feel, the emotional state of, of Rambo in that moment and and for Stallone, who who, who sometimes yeah, yeah we we forget he he was an actor at one point, you know people jokingly you know do that hey Adrian and 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 all those types of things, you, you know as far as his speech patterns and things along those lines, you know he he's well mimicked, but uh, this was a different side of John Rambo, and uh, it's one that that like I said didn't stand out to me. I didn't remember it from being young, but I probably would have glossed over that. You know, um, but that that scene, like I said, it it had such an emotional punch to it. It just stood out to me. Yeah. Well, you know, being a young uh, guy with all these action movies, you know, we we can we can be afraid of our emotions sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's that's something that this movie really hits on a a few times, especially there at the end. But our next award is best character. And I have the honor of leading off with this. And, you know, I'm not even going to, you know, pretend the Oscar rules. Best character is Rambo, John Jay. You know, he's portrayed by Sylvester Stallone. And, I mean, he's just the coolest guy in the movie. He's just the, the got everything under control there in the in the hills, uh, you know, hunting these guys down, making, the, making the, his little base there in the mine, setting up uh, booby traps and all that cool stuff. So that's... That's that's who I'm going with. Well, I'm I agree. Um, 
and you think about who this guy is. I mean, he's he's just a veteran who did his duty. And whatever you think of that war, the soldiers didn't start it, and they were in charge of the strategy or the tactics. Um, they were just following orders. Even Troutman talks about that. I mean, he wasn't high enough at the food chain to give the, to give those orders. I mean, he just he was just following orders with Rambo. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, but what he what he had to come home to, and what he had to deal with, his own struggles with PTSD. Um, but there's also the courage he shows and the resourcefulness. He, even you know, with, being burdened with these PTSD, PTSD flashbacks all along, he still um, shows how resourceful he is. Um, it's such a shame the rest of the series takes a different turn. <laughs> I would have loved to have followed the adventures, the the the, the life and the travails of this Rambo. I would have loved to have seen that that series. Yeah. Just such an interesting guy. I agree. I, I, I do agree, but for best character, I went a little bit different, right? I went with Colonel Sam Troutman. I thought that, you know, uh, you know, Krenna definitely brought something different. And, and I think I agree with Jamie at the beginning. I think it was a little more, you know, may, maybe not like he understood the character. But I think by the time we get to the end, there are little nuances to that character that Krenna brings. And those stood out to me. Even Those even stood out to me when I was a kid. There was something about Troutman I liked. It may have been that his first name was Sam, so it was automatically <laughs> like, hey, you know, kind of, I'd never know. You know, I, I wasn't a deep child, you know. But I do like the confidence that he has. I like the fact that he understands John Rambo. He works almost as a father figure to John in a lot of ways. And, and to me, that character's necessary for for Rambo to open up in that last scene, we have to have a father figure, somebody who he feels he can talk to. So I like that. Take a trip down memory lane to the old five and dime where Sammy, a.k.a. Comic Book Kid, takes a look at the origin of some of our favorite heroes and villains in his podcast, One Thin Dime, focusing on the golden and silver ages of comics when the cover price was just 10 cents. Check him out every week on your podcast feed of choice, One Thin Dime. Well, uh, Sammy, you're first to get out of the gate again on best quote. All right. You know, we, we, we joked about David Caruso, but he's got the best quote in the whole thing. Hunting. We ain't hunting him. He's hunting us. <laughs> <laughs> best quote in the whole thing. Come on. <laughs> well, there are many, many gr- great quotes and, and uh, what I picked, uh, Sam, was uh, the, almost the same line, but delivered by Troutman. He says, you're not hunting him. He's hunting you. <laughs> yeah. That, that's. Okay. Um, I've got another Troutman line. Um, so it's, a, it's an argument between uh, Teasel and Troutman. I love the way Troutman just <laughs> takes the cake at the end. So Teasel says, are, are you telling me that 200 of our men against your boys in no win situation for us? Troutman goes, you send that many, don't forget one thing. Teasel says, what? Troutman, a good supply of body bags. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great <laughs> one. Yeah, that was a great one, too. 
Now that is an '80s action movie quote right there, right? Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, that's that set the tone for the whole decade. Yeah. Well, we're getting into our episode-specific awards, which I'm really excited about. Jamie, you did an excellent job of uh, laying these out, and you get the pleasure of going first on this one. This is the best Rambo is a bad dude moment. Okay. It's it's the first action scene in the woods when it when he becomes what I call the lethal MacGyver. We've got the sharpened stakes on a booby trap thing. All the stuff that happens in the woods, I he's so. I mean, that's kind of where I made my my the tagline last week. You know, remember to be kind <laughs> to our Vietnam vets as we keep it nerdy because of that scene. And that was the thing that stuck most in my memory as a young child watching this was just all of the. You know, next level bloody MacGyver stuff. I just, I love yeah. that scene. Yeah. yeah, all the booby traps and stuff was really great. You know how you had set that up. But now I, I picked a, a, a different scene. Uh, he's, uh, you know, setting up shop. He's kind of getting settled in there. And he realizes, oh, I've got this big gash in my arm. Let me open up my survival knife and sew myself up here with no uh, anesthetic or numbing agents at all. And and he just goes to work sewing himself up. Oh, I was squirming all over my seat when I was watching that. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, my, oh, yeah, I was, oh, yeah, that's not, no. You know, know, I I went with with the the same moment as Dwayne because, I mean, come on. Any guy that can sew himself up using fishing wire out of his survival knife, that is a bad man, okay? Plain and simple. And that was one of the scenes. You know, when I said I remembered partial scenes from a kid, that 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 one always stuck with oh, me. Always stuck with you, yeah. That and the booby that, that traps with the spikes in the guy's legs. I was always like, oh, gosh, you know, kind of deal. So. <laughs> and I remember him jumping off the cliff. Mm-hmm. That that one stuck with me for some reason. The image of him jumping off. Jumping like off, yeah. 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 Well, the last award this week is best. That was weird in an 80s action movie. Uh, Dwayne, what you got? Well, we've already alluded to uh, to this a, a couple times, and I believe it was your guys' uh, best scene. But, you know, it's it's at the end when he's talking to Troutman. Uh, they're in the, uh, you know, they're in, they're in the police station there, and he's... And Troutman saying, like, what's going on with you, man? And he and then when he breaks down, he goes through the goes through the laundry list. You know, I can't get a job. It's been seven years. I get static. I don't know what to do. All my friends are gone. I've got nobody. Most days I don't even talk to anybody. You know, it's that whole emotional breakdown that he has uh, just spilling what has brought him to this breaking point. You know, it's not only just the, the, the cops being a jerk to him. It's seven years of him trying to adjust back to society and having no one. And even his last hope of having a friend that could relate to him is now gone. And, and you know, he goes into this town and, and he gets static and, they don't understand him. They don't know what to do with him. He doesn't fit into your nice little mold of what you think a good citizen should be. But he's also a hero of our country. You know, he's also a, a person, you know, in, in a very ugly, dirty 
misunderstood war. You know, someone who 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 stood for that. You know, and you know to not be counted as that. You know, it is is a huge effect. Uh, mine is very similar. Um, and for me, it's it's that especially that that first scene in the car um, when Teasel's like, "You come here wearing that jacket with that flag on it, with that haircut," and it's like, I thought the '80s were all about flag waving, and we were we were yeah. fighting the commies, and it was because not just a few years later, the, all the movies are super patriotic, all the action movies are, and we get into the like the Chuck Norris movies where they go back and they sort of you know, reimagine Vietnam and sort of reconsider it. Um, and so it was just, it was jarring to, to hear, you know, in an eighties action movie, that kind of pushback against a guy wearing a flag on his jacket and an American flag on his jacket. It was just, it was, it was strange. It was jarring. And very shortly in the eighties, that, that whole tone changes. Yeah. Well, there was a time, I don't know uh, how much, uh, I know you've been a little bit younger, but I don't know how much Sam remembers. I do remember a short time there was almost an anti-patriotic, uh, you know, kind of a vibe in the country. Uh, not very long lived, but uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, that really bothered me about this movie too. Is this that whole, you know, anti-American stance that you know, yeah. anti-patriotic? I guess. Well, you, you know, and, and I, I agree with you guys, you know, th- just even just the depth of character for a John Rambo in this movie versus the other things we get, you know, and I don't mean this political w- when I say it, but, you know, that Reagan era action movie role. And, and the reason I think about it, there, there was a comic book and I always remember this comic called Reagan's Raiders and <laughs> the first issue has a buff Ronald Reagan on the front with an M60, you know, and, and very similar to what you saw in in this movie. And, and so I always kind of think about that, that Reagan's Raiders, and I always think about Reagan-era action movies because they all had that patriotism, you know, the, you know that, that whole vibe to them. Um, but this had such a, like I said, depth of character. You know, and it made Rambo feel more than just like a like you know on the Mount Rushmore of '80s action flicks kind of movie. So I dug that. Reagan's Raiders. Yes, Reagan's <laughs> Raiders. I, I'm gonna have to look that up. I can't remember I who can, the company was. I but. can I can see it now. You got Ronald Reagan, and he's standing there all buff. He's well, come on, Nancy. Let's get Bonzo and go kill those commies. <laughs> no, no, he 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 would he would have called her mommy. Now, now mommy, <laughs> now mommy. Let's go get Bonzo and kill those commies. <laughs> now, well, I, and I would say if this if this had been made like two years later, there'd have been like twenty five more one liners. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Entirely. Entirely. Yeah. Well. Uh, an action movie star that we can all get behind, I believe. We know he's a one-man army. From the John Wick movies to his turn as Neo. Keanu Reeves. Hopefully, we've never killed his dog and get stuck in the woods with him. How does he connect to this first blood, Jamie? 
Well, to begin with, you mentioned one-man army, and it made me think that he might be a good DC character. He could be the OMAC. He could, um, one-man army core. <laughs> yeah, he'd be a good OMAC. Um, but the Keanu <laughs> connection this week is a dude who definitely has a look. A look that makes casting directors think of only one role. For example, he played Sheriff Quinn in a TV movie starring Shannon Dowardy called Growing the Big One. It's not what you think. He also played Police Sergeant, no name, just Police Sergeant, in Luna, Spirit of the Whale. He was also Sheriff in one episode of Supernatural. I couldn't get a definitive number, but it looks like this poor man has played some manner of law enforcement officer over 30 times in movies. <laughs> so, of course, Alf Humphreys played Deputy Lester in First Blood. And then a few years later, 1986, he played Joel in a gymnastics movie that featured Keanu in a supporting role called Flying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the first for the show. We have never used flying before. <laughs> Alf Humphreys is this week's Keanu connection. <gasps> Very nice. That's great. Was do do you recall which enforcement officer he was? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping it's the guy who falls from the chopper. I think it may have been the guy who got his nose broken. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it wasn't the guy. I I checked his. He he'd been in more stuff. The characters that got actual names. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So sure. it's the guy the guy's nose broken. Okay. I know who. You're talking I, I, about. I think I think that's who it was. Pretty I'm not pretty sure. sure. Okay. Well, we're not going to confirm that, but okay. But that was the Keanu <laughs> connection. I love it. And a yeah. 1982 movie with the direct connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One to one. That's that's something. That's something there. Yeah, but I had to go far enough down the line that I'm not even sure which person he was playing in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's still a one-to-one, though, Jamie, so I call that a win any day. That's right. Okay. Well, guys, I hope you've enjoyed our review of Rambo. Uh, well, let me rephrase. I hope you've enjoyed our review of First Blood. Uh, let's let's keep it. Let's draw that separation from what comes later. Um so, but, uh, you know, coming up, we do have uh, another show. Sam, yes. why don't you review for us what we're going to be watching there? Well, you know, John Rambo is a veteran of the Vietnam War. But there's an untold story of that conflict that occurs on an uncharted island in the Pacific Ocean. What other movie could bring together... Sam Jackson, Brie Larson, John C. Riley, and Tom Hiddleston together outside of the MCU? Well, of course, it's Kong, Skull Island. And that is what we are going to be looking at next week. Okay, so it's a Marvel movie with a big monkey. (laughs) (laughs) I prefer to pick a champ. (laughs) (laughs) all righty well um i've i've not ventured into uh, any uh, of the uh, new uh, godzilla or kong lore so this is going to be interesting i'm i'm not sure i'm looking forward to watching it but i'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, to exploring this so uh as we prepare to uh fire up kong island on our players uh 
Jamie, what are we going to do? We're going to dodge with the big guys flinging at us as we keep it nerdy.